Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0-Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the 5 Show. I'm Jamie Rothschild, the host of the show, and we're talking to you about matters of the community because community matters. This show comes to you each and every week because of the generosity of Bonneville. So each week we're able to talk about things that we hope the community is interested in, but they give us the time because they value the Silent Witness program. So if you want to learn more about Silent Witness, check out silentwitness.org. Or if you have any information that would lead to an unsolved felony arrest anywhere in the county, please call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-WITNESS. You could get paid cash if that information leads to an arrest. And before I talk about the guests, I want to talk about there was a very popular talk show host years ago I used to listen to. And he would always refer to somebody off the mic. And I wondered if that person was real. Uh, and a lot of people know who I'm talking about. He would always call the person by name. We have that in Ed. Ed is our producer. Ed is here each and every week. This show does not air live because Ed often has to make edits and corrections for things we do. So we don't say it enough. But thank you, Ed, for being the guy off the mic who's trying to make everything go as smoothly as it can go. So... Uh, thank you again to Bonneville for the time. So we're joined today by two public information officers from the Phoenix Police Department, both sergeants. Phil Krinsky is a repeat guest. Phil, thank you for being back. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you for having me again. And Brian Bauer recently came over to the Public Affairs Bureau, but you've got kind of an interesting past in the department, Brian. I want to talk about that in a moment, but thank you for being here. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. I don't know if I can speak for both of you, but I'll tell you that when I was over in the Public Affairs Bureau, one of the things that I enjoyed and miss was the ability to communicate in, what do you call them, crisis or critical communications when things are going on, taking the time to walk the community, the media, and the department through what was going on. It is a, it, it is a learned art. I think most people just think you get on TV and state facts. Phil, you've been doing this for quite a while, and you were on the show previously with Steve Reum. Tell me, please, how is the job, what's your view of the job now that you've been doing it for a little bit? Uh, it's definitely eye-opening. Um, being in investigations and patrol and coming to this whole new job, it really, uh, it's an eye-opener because you get more of a 30,000 view, what we call it. Uh, you're looking at things from multiple uh, perspectives. Um, but I do find this job being very important because, A, you know, try and get that information, not just across the department, but to the community, um, just so they know what's going on, what's being done for them, and, and also to address, like, hey, we, we hear you, and these are things that we're going to work on. Uh, and if we do have any challenges, just to also let the community know what those challenges are, um, which which helps because as the community responds and sees uh, to help address the needs that we have, so it, it's been it's been great. Uh, it's definitely a huge experience that uh, that I'm happy to, to learn and, and still learning because it's not something I don't think any t- amount of times really going to teach you everything. I don't think anybody ever masters the art, but it definitely there's so many opportunities to learn more about it. And as a side note, if you're interested in becoming a Phoenix police officer or a police employees, please check out Phoenix Hires, Phoenix PD, phoenix.gov slash employment, or call 602-262-6925. Phil, you mentioned investigations, and as investigators, we are taught to ask questions, get information, conduct investigations. But as a public information officer, you're now being asked to provide information. Was that a, a shift for you? Uh, no, because uh, part of his investigator, it's it, you really are a neutral fact finder. You got to look at it from every perspective. Um, so when you're challenged with these types of questions, uh, it's going to be prepared. 
and a lot of it is making sure you have all the information from from both angles um, because again obviously you got to maintain the integrity of the investigation so there's information sometimes um, we we have to to defer to the investigation to but for the most part it's great to be to have the level of preparedness and then also to get those questions sometimes like oh wow hey that, that, that great perspective I didn't think about that but I'll keep that in mind for the next time something like this comes up so, our family was home one day you were on the news and I said you know he comes I'm setting you up for failure I said he appears to be very calm very capable uh, nothing seemed to rattle you and then I found out that you you do interviews in both English and and Spanish. And although you were on the show previously, how did you learn? Because I, I know you've talked about it before, but how did you become so fluent in Spanish? Uh, Spanish is actually my first language. Uh, both of my parents uh, are from South America. My dad, Argentina, my mom, Colombia. So being first generation, that's what we spoke in the home. Uh, so most of my uh, English skills came from uh, Saturday morning cartoons and struggling my way through in preschool and, and kindergarten. And uh, fortunately, my school got me up to par in the English language. So, uh, But now it's the opposite. Now I'm, I'm being corrected all the time by my mom that listens to me and says, no, you should have said this or you should have said that. So it, it's a constant struggle. So but, you brought up family. I didn't bring up family. You did. When they see you on TV, when they learn what you're doing, I know they're proud of you because you're you're a Phoenix sergeant. But now they see you in this uh, arena. Are they bragging to your fans? Are they showing video clips? Like, what's that like? You know what? Uh, family's always been very supportive, um, especially with this career. Uh, and, and it's not just my parents. Um, uh, it's it's my cousins, my aunt and uncles, my, my grandparents when they were around. So uh, they've always been supporting everything. So, yeah, the, the first surprise that I got in it uh, was this past Christmas. Uh, we were had a huge family get together and all of a sudden my uh my cousin who was hosting the the event says oh hey i got something to show you guys on tv and he had recorded me on uh (laughs) you know speaking on the news so it was funny definitely got my checks my cheeks uh nice and red uh but again it's it's very loving support and uh it's always nice to hear that at least i'm uh, I'm making them proud. And then that's the beauty of family. You can go out and and manage a very large scene. You can you can deploy all these resources. But when and I had this one day, I was running a very large scene, and and my mother calls and says, "Hey, don't forget it's your aunt's birthday." I'm like, I'm, "I'm I'm doing stuff." You know what I mean? They keep you humble. So that's very cool that you mentioned them, Brian. You've recently come over to the Public Affairs Bureau, but you've you've already worked several places in the department. For those who haven't met you yet, can you talk a little bit? Um, we're going to talk about your career in a moment, but can you talk a little bit about why you chose to be a police officer? Happy to do so. Uh, I graduated locally here in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, Washington High School, and I joined the military directly from high school. Uh, being a police officer was never on the top of my mind. It was actually probably the furthest away. Uh, it wasn't until I did my deployment to Iraq and I got back that I became a lot more humble in my youth and needed to figure out something more stable. Uh, I was recently married. And looking around, going from military to law enforcement is a very easy transition. Uh, You already have the discipline set up. You already have a lot of that mentality set up. You already have uh, an understanding and care for the community. So everything's already set up for you to have that transition into law enforcement. Uh, So that's really what brought me into wanting to become a police officer. Do you feel like for, and I know you can't speak for everybody, but is that a very common thread in both the military and police? Did you find that camaraderie, that sense of service? Did it feel very comfortable for you from leaving the military and joining the police department? Yeah, it did. Uh, And it's not just the police department. So there's a lot of different agencies out there that are what you might call um, 
paramilitary. Mm-hmm. So that could be the fire department, that could be uh, different border patrol agencies, a lot of different government positions where the key focus is on community. Uh, so a lot of veterans, they seek out a lot of those positions because it has that sense of of brotherhood, of, of sisterhood. Um, a lot of the caring and compassion comes from that as well, that service. Uh, that's why you also see a lot of military veterans in nursing and medical fields, uh, as well as education, because they have that compassion to to want to teach, want to provide more services to the next generation. So you get through the academy, you, you sign up for Phoenix, you get through the academy, now you land on your first patrol squad. Can you talk to us a little bit, what what was that first day like, the day you drove solo out the, out of the gate? And then what's your career been like since? Where are some of the places that you've gone on? And, and I'm asking because I want the listeners to know that there's such a variety in this department of cool things that you can do. Yeah. No, absolutely. It, the first initial thought that I had riding solo was uh, overwhelming. A lot of it was overwhelming. Obviously, they, they teach you everything in the academy and how to prepare for it on scenarios and on, on book and paper. But when you actually get to the street and now you're in charge of everything yourself, it becomes very humbling. It's very overwhelming uh, where you rely on your friends, your partners, your peers, your subordinates to reach out to them for questions. And I think that's what I like the most about this department is there is no wrong answers. You can reach out to anybody. Uh, Even in my current position with 16 years on the department, I could still reach out to Phil here, ask probably one of the most ridiculous, simple questions. Uh but get a nice, easy response and gets me on to the uh, the next duty. So it's Most that. I've never had that experience with Phil. <laughs> no. I've asked a lot of questions. I get mocked each and every time. So I'm glad he's being a good leader and uh, friend because to I'm you. only on for a month so far. Oh, fair so enough. We'll, fair enough. We'll wait. So you, but, but you didn't sign up for the police department thinking, I want to become a public information officer. What what drove you towards this this opportunity? I think the one thing that drove me to this opportunity is like you said, the Phoenix Police Department is such a large department that there's all these different places that you can be. Uh, if you want to be more in the investigative side, there's all these different branches that you can reach out to for investigative and detective positions. Uh, me, when I promoted to sergeant, I had an amazing lieutenant who helped me and influenced me to seek this position as a PIO. So you talked about promotion. What, what prompted that? What, what inspired you to want to go to the next level of leadership? All I could tell you what didn't make me want to be the next uh, leader was being in the military. I already had that responsibility. I had that leadership aspect of it. So I didn't want to do it both in the military on the police side because I was able to juggle both uh, National Guard as well as as the police function. So I already had that leadership. Uh, I already had that duties and responsibilities on that side. I didn't want it on the police side. It wasn't until... Speaking with a bunch of other other officers, friends, uh, they kind of we talked each other into really promoting. Um, and then you see those valuable leaders that you have that you look up to that you see as a mentor, and you say, "I need more people like that. I need more leadership in this department like those guys." And that's what prompted me to promote in the first place. So you you had a group to support you as you went through the process because they were testing as well. Exactly. See, I, and I think that that is, to your point earlier, that is such a, you talk about camaraderie, the desire to serve and take care of one another. You go to Phil for questions. Uh, once again, this, uh, and I tell people all the time, if you want to be part of a team, you may not have someone in the car with you, but you have people available. If you want to be part of a team, I don't know if there's a better career than this, to be quite honest. And it's not just on duty, though. It's off duty. Uh, these are the same people that you can rely on if you have a situation off duty. That's the support field that 
this department offers. No, I, I 100%. And, I, and I've, we've already heard really good things about what you're doing as a public information officer leader. Uh, I know that you've uh, gotten involved with and are taking responsibilities involved in the silent witness program. So thank you because you already have one full-time job and you're, and you're doing extra. And I, I can't tell you how much we appreciate the fact that you're supporting this program. It's a little bit of an ambush question for both of you. And I'll start with you, Phil. Uh, when you leave this department, when you leave this career, however many years that is, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be best remembered for, both personally and professionally? Um, well, professionally, just work the work ethic um, is going to be a, a big one because um, everybody can talk a big game, but it's actually what you end up doing. Um, so just pushing that envelope, encouraging each other um, to work that case, to help that squad, to solve these problems, um, to promote the department because of all the good work that they do. Um, I, I think those are going to be big things, um, you know, and just that hopefully the department's a little bit better uh, than it was when you first got there. So. That, that that's kind of my goals, um, professionally or, or personally. I I guess the goal is that I was able to do my job, but I didn't let the job change the person that I was. That I go back home, that I'm still a father, I'm still a brother, I'm still a son, a cousin. So that that that's hopefully uh, my goal. Ending this career is that I, I leave that legacy with my family. That's a great legacy. And special shout out and thanks to the folks who do the social media for the Phoenix Police Department. Please check them out on all their platforms. Brian, personally and professionally, what do you want to be? best known and remembered for? I don't want to be personally known as a legacy with my name on it. What I do want to show is that my mentorship for the younger generation has carried through. That's really what I would like to see. That's a great answer. Both of you guys, thank you so much for for revealing a little bit about why you do this job. And I think it's important that people know that the men and women who, uh, who wear the badge are really just mothers, brothers, sisters, cousins, aunts, uncles, neighbors. Uh, they're part of the community. They're an important part of the community. And we encourage anyone who's looking for a career opportunity to check out being a police officer. You can check out phoenix.gov slash employment. And if you want to learn more about the Silent Witness program, please check out silentwitness.org or you can check out 480-WITNESS. Until next week, stay safe. You've been listening to 50 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.